Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. Happy to be with everybody today. We're going to talk about public safety today. And as you know, public safety uh, has been, is, and always will be the number one responsibility of any elected official. It's a tough challenge. It takes all of us to be involved. There's ups and downs to it. But today, we're going to be talking about group violence intervention. As public, public, space, public safety, especially when it comes to violent crime, is complex and it's influenced by a multitude of sectors and factors, uh, poverty, uh, geography, affiliations, just all types of things that you've got to take a look at. And at times like this, it's especially apparent because we've seen an increase in gun violence and gun-related homicides in our city in 2020. And then 2021, we're on about the same pace as last year, actually a little bit ahead. Month-over-month -month improvements over the last several months are evident over last year, but we've got a lot of work left still to do. Uh, last year, average 30% increase in homicides in cities about a, around America. Uh, so while this is something that's taking place in most every American city, we've got to solve our problems here in our city. But it's important to understand that broader context. In our last episode, we heard from Dr. Monique Williams, who is the director of our office in Safe Office for Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods about her team's effort on preventing violence and building peace around what we call a whole of government approach and then a whole of city approach as well. So in this episode, we're gonna focus on one of those pieces. We call it our Group Violence Intervention Initiative or GVI. And so with us today are two leaders that are deeply involved with GVI, our GVI project manager, Dondre Jefferson. Welcome, Dondre. Hey, thanks for having me. And LMPD's lead for GVI, Officer Ivan Haygood. Oh, thank you Officer. for having me, sir. Thank yes, you. Sir. All right, let's get started. Dondre, why don't you help us here with the big picture? Uh, how does group violence intervention work? So group violence intervention is a three-pronged process. So it involves three components, law enforcement, community, and outreach. And so essentially what happens is each of the three prongs give a message. And so with the community, you want to have people in the community that have integrity, they'll deliver a moral message, moral voice to the people that we are giving the message to. Uh, with the outreach component, they give a genuine offer of services and follow up for the people. And with the law enforcement, their message is that, you know, we know what you're involved in, you know, there's a chance for retaliation. We don't want you to, right? Law enforcement, they're there to deter, for deterrence, not for enforcement. But they let them know if we have to use enforcement, we will, but we don't want to. And so, as the broader scope, that's what GVI is. It's the community law enforcement working together to reduce violence in their communities. So we want to keep everybody safe, healthy, out of prison, out of jail. Yes. Because I guess at the core of GVI is what we see in every city, and that is there's a very small, usually identifiable group of people that cause most of the violence or the mayhem in a community. Yeah. And within those groups, and groups is interchangeable with gangs, group is more of a law enforcement uh, term, but within those groups, and there's a smaller group of them that do most of the violence mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So how do we identify those folks, make sure they're going down a path of safety, and if they choose not to, then how they're going to be held accountable. Is that basically how you see it working, officer? Yes, sir. And, and that's, you, you said it right. It's like most of people in our community are not at high risk for victimization or offending. 
you know, uh, it's that small street level groups that we can identify uh, through our intelligence um, that are driving the violence uh, within our city. Um, and within, like you said, within those groups, there are individuals that are more influential, that are uh, more susceptible to acting out on this violence. And those are the individuals that we identify and go after um, um, to message the message of deterrence. Um, and so we're excited for this opportunity and the initiative of group violence intervention because it allow us to engage these individuals uh, on a more community-based approach versus arresting our way out of it. And, uh, and if it continues, um, we would do our enforcement. So the community-based approach of Dandre, you talked about moral voices, you talked about community resources. So what's an example of a moral voice? Moral voice that we have working with us is Kim Moore. Uh, she was in the community. She has been with us uh, through Goodwill coming. She's been on some customs. She's delivered that message. Now, she, what's a custom? A custom notification is when the three prongs come together. We go out to the individuals that are identified uh, by LMPD and we deliver that message. You know, each prong delivers the message to the individual where they're at. So we go to them, they don't come to us and we deliver that message to them. And so one of the community voices that we have is Kim Moore, and she's been great. Uh, she's been very supportive, uh, and uh, this is a good asset. And she's one of those that we have going out with us. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Stephen Kelsey as well. Uh, he's a pastor, and he is uh, with Ocean as well. So he's another community voice that we have going out speaking to. So they speak from the perspective, like Kim, of a mom whose heart is torn apart when yeah. a son is a victim of a homicide. Mm -hmm. And you're speaking to somebody that might be in or around homicidal activity, gun violence, and she's appealing to their morality more or less to let's move out of this life. Right. And then you'll have somebody else on a custom and say, and if you make that choice, right. here's how we can help you. Is that right? Right. Yeah. right. And so what's that sound like? Well, ultimately, if we can, as we identify these individuals, understanding uh, from an LNPD standpoint, it starts with our shooting review. Uh, he was telling us how law enforcement identifies. So our role from law enforcement is we have a weekly shooting review and we review each homicide, um, each fatal and non-fatal um, shooting. And, and through those shootings, and we determine who we're going to engage, um, how we're going to engage, and who was shot. Um, and through a collective uh, partnership from um, various local and federal um, agencies, law enforcement agencies, um, coupled with collaborations with um, our DJJ, uh, Department of Juvenile Justice, our court designated workers, our judicial system from the court count, the county attorney's office, the commonwealth attorney's office, then you have code. And so it's a collective group coming together. And you know what, I, I pause and insert this. If GVI didn't come here for no other reason, it came to bring us together. A all lot these of, different Yes, all these different entities, different agencies have come and because of GVI and what a GVI allowed us to do, it allowed us to put us in a position to make us work uh, collectively. We do good work in our own individual perspective agencies and our roles, but in what we call them silos. 
Um, but what GVI has allowed us to do is now bring that work to the forefront and then highlight areas that, say if we have a case, um, Shively, St. Matthews, uh, J-Town, offers their input, say, hey, we're having the same situation here. This is what we're doing. And so it comes to a collaborative effort. And so once we take those, identify those individuals that are driving violence through a shooting, we take that data and I bring it back for community shooting review. So we have two separate shooting reviews. We have the intelligence where we review all the sensitive, it's a lot of sensitive information that comes out of that. And what we do is take that out and we have a sh community shooting review. And that is our community partners. And that involves Ocean, that involves JCPS, that involves our community um, partners. And we call those deliverables and how we're going to engage this shooting. How do we engage this homicide? Well, community and police response to victim of violence. We go there and talk to those families to offer support, to build relationships, uh, to really connect with them, to let them know that we're standing with you. How can we help you? Yeah, and it's just crushing. You know, I've spent a lot of time with families that have, you know, had sons, usually sons that are uh, homicide victims and to see the way it tears apart the families. Yes, sir. It's just, we gotta do everything we can, obviously, to avoid one more of those happening. So right. you see that, you talked about JCPS. We've had more youth involved with violent crime over these past couple years as well. So maybe, Andre, you wanna talk about what, what's that JCPS linkage look like? How's that work? The JCPS linkage, uh, first of all, they're a great partner. They come to the community shooting reviews and it's because we identified a few months ago that a lot of the people were identifying for GVI customs were youth and they were in schools. So it made sense to bring JCPS in and they've been good for a follow up as far as getting counseling to some of these kids that are in their schools. Uh, really reviewing and monitoring the situations that they're going through. Sometimes it's even relocating them to a different school uh, or just providing resources that they need um, in the moment uh, as far as school related. So, and then I know I've, I've witnessed a lot of the communication between you all and JCPS, let's say when uh, a, young, a young man, his uncle was involved right. in a homicide or trauma or what have you. And so it's important that JCPS understands that as well, so that if this young, uh, young person in JCPS is having a tough day, right. you know, that they might understand that, look, something super traumatic happened to right. this individual right there. We gotta work with them. So that's really healthy communication, I'm glad to see. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And then, so GBI, did we just make that up one day? Or, uh, Dondre, you probably, you know the history of this. I mean, yeah. wh who are we learning from? It? So we're learning from David Kennedy and John Jay College up in New York. So David Kennedy, he started, it's called Operation Ceasefire in Boston in the 90s. And that is essentially what GVI is. Uh, and it, it had great results in Boston. It reduced youth uh, gun violence um, by 64% overall, 31% in the city. Uh, and when it's been done in other cities, it's also been, it's had good results. Stockton, California, 42% reduction in gun violence homicides. Cincinnati, 41% reduction. Uh, New Orleans, 32%. And so we lean on John Jay for technical expertise. Uh, David and his team, um, Aaron Bloom and Paul Smith. 
And they really, especially me, because I meet with them uh, twice a week to help me to kind of navigate the program uh, within the context of Louisville. Um, and is giving technical expertise on how to set up um, community shooting reviews, uh, how to see if they're working or not, um, doing other things in the program like call-ins or you know different aspects that are going on, data management. And so they've really been uh, pivotal, especially for me, in helping to make sure this program is running effectively. Yeah, so you mentioned John Jay College. They've been great partners so far. And the team from John Jay was just in town uh, the week before last. So let's hear a little bit from them. When you look at today's victim, who's a shooter, 10 times out of 10, they were yesterday's uh, shooter. So if you look at today's shooter, 10 times out of 10, they were yesterday's victim. You see where I'm going? It's usually the same unfortunate profile. Uh, and I, I use profile in, in the most respectful way. So when we're focusing on those individuals, the other people who are talking in those meetings, uh, you'll have a person who's a formerly incarcerated, someone who's been there, done that, turned their lives around and is able to say, you don't want to go through what I've been through. You cannot do 10 years standing on your head while you're in prison. Uh, nobody's going to come see you and put money on your books except your mama. And if your mama dies while you're in prison, you're not getting out to go see her. Do not go down this path. Stop your violence. These programs were not available when I was your age, when I was doing what you were doing. Please take people up on these services. So John Jay, obviously specialist in group violence intervention, but I want to emphasize here today that you know GVI is just one aspect of the six pillar process that we have to reimagining public safety, but it's an important intervention tool for us, a prevention tool. Those are two of the six pillars along with pillars like reentry, but law enforcement is one of our pillars as well, Officer Haygood. And when most people think about crime, you know, they automatically think about police officers. Right. Well, police officers usually respond, right? Right. And so what we're trying to do is make investments to reduce the number of responses that LMPD has to make right? by having a broader look at what public safety is and making sure we're resourcing all of that. So all that being said, talk a little bit more about the role of LMPD and other law enforcement in this process and who are our partners and what do they do? Uh, so just to go back over some of our law enforcement, our local and federal law enforcement agencies, um, like you said, we have the local, we have Shively, we have uh, Jefferson Town, St. Matthews, L have been a partner. Um, then from our federal ATF and the FBI, and they have been tremendous and instrumental um, in reducing, going after these drivers of violence, the ones that are wreaking havoc on our city. Um, I, I just tell you, you have multiple few years of individuals that have gone unchecked, right? And uh, enough is enough. And if we are able to get back out here and be proactive, uh, regain our confidence in policing, um, getting the support from our community, uh, and, and really engaging our community. And that's the biggest part, is being able to engage these individuals. And that's why I think GVI has been uh, instrumental um, identifying these individuals um, and through these custom notifications, uh, just going to them, messaging the message of deterrent. Um, but while messaging that message of deterrent, offering them opportunity for support, mm -hmm. the option. Uh, 
when we go and do these customs, they don't have to answer the door. And when they're shot, that's a victim, whether they're driving violence or their victim. And so for us, for them to answer the door is normally the icebreaker for me. Mm -hmm. And that allows me to create a dialogue to find out how that individual there is doing. And what shocks them is that police law enforcement is there and they're not on enforcement. They're there as a concerned citizen. Um, and then you have community that's supporting. And so now it, it kind of breaks down the wall of defense, right? And so in dealing with these individuals, you have to message the message that we cannot continue in violence. Because a lot of times some of our victims know who shot them. Right. Right. And so in that conversation, uh, we want to message, I don't want to indict them. Right. They've been a victim. But if there's a level of high probability of retaliation, um, we want to message that you can't get this one back. Right. You can't get this one back. There's these vendettas have to cease. Right. And so what do we do? We offer the the services. They have to take it. There has to be some type of accountability and responsibility on that individual. And then when it comes down to our juveniles, our juveniles have to want the change. They're so talented, so gifted, and those gifts and talents lie dormant. Why? Because they haven't seen the option of opportunity. And change is inevitable, whether they want to believe it or not, but they got to want the change. Um, and whether their actions and the inevitable part is that their actions will change the course of their lives and they can choose which action or which course they want to take. So, yeah, no, it's really the truth time. Yes, sir. Somebody's making these decisions because we know this is a, a violent lifestyle. Yes, sir. We know if you're involved in that lifestyle, your odds of being shot, being dead or going to prison are exponentially higher yes, sir. than everybody else in the community. And the folks in that lifestyle know that. Yes, sir. Some of them just don't know how to get off, and that's why get out of that lifestyle. And that's why this GVI program is so important for us. And Dondre, Officer Haygood mentioned services. So talk a little bit about the services that are available and who our partners are with that. Yeah, and so our partners have been great when it comes to providing services. We are a partner with Goodwill. Um, we are a partner with VOA, Volunteers of America, Victim Services over at LMPD. Um, JCPS, and yeah, I didn't say that yet, JCPS. And so essentially the services have really been, a lot of the people that we have touched are looking for housing. They're looking to relocate. Uh, sometimes it's just bringing food to them, clothing, um, counseling, different services like that. So it's mainly just wraparound services, things that they need. We ask them what they need uh, in the moment. Uh, some people, especially grieving, when they're grieving a loss, uh, they can't, you know, it's paying bills is tough. You're not mentally there. And so it's in that uh, immediate time frame, just helping them uh, and then following up with them too and being intentional with that. And to make sure it's not just a one-time touch, but that we keep following up with them to see what kind of services they need uh, within our means. Uh, you know, we don't have unlimited resources, but we do have resources and partners who have been more than willing to help us out to get services. And, um, and yeah, and they, it's, just, it's been great. No, it's very encouraging. So as mentioned, GBI partnership with the Office for Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods. So just want to 
assure our listeners that all of these activities are now coordinated between Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods, GVI, LMPD, our federal partners. The federal partners uh, are important. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, Officer Haygood? The difference between a federal charge, a local charge, a state charge, and why the street is very concerned about federal charges and how they're coming down on the folks that are deciding that they don't want to live a life free of violence. It's clear cut, some of those federal charges, um, some of those minimums are 10 years, 10 to 15 years minimum sentences. And um, a lot of the activities that's happening with these gun charges, convicted felons, uh, we, these illegal guns on the streets. So our federal partners have been instrumental because we had to take a different approach with the violence, the gun violence that's happening in our city. Convicted felons having gun charges, violent felonies, um, and uh, violent offenders, uh, repeat offenders, right? And we have been working close with our federal partners as well as our judicial system have to come together to keep our city safe. Right, so in this case with federal partners, I want to emphasize here, we're talking about really the hardest of the hardcore. They've just said they're not interested in a peaceful, productive life. For whatever right. reason, they're attracted to violence. Gun violence is what we're focused on. Everybody in the city should be able to sit on their front porch without concern of being a victim of violence. Yes. Or a drive-by or something right. like that. So we can't tolerate that right. in a community. But want to emphasize that the major point of GVI is to get people out of that lifestyle yes, if they so choose to do so. So let's close up here by saying, uh, you know, it's been a difficult 18 months in particular, the homicides in our city started spiking in July of 2020 when we were in the thick of all the protests. That's what happened all over the country right. as well. So it's been a difficult time, as I mentioned, month over month over the last three months. We're seeing improvement, but still too much homicides, too much gun violence in our community. So I'd like to hear from each of you all about where we're at in the process. We're really now we're just getting fully funded and resource both with our general fund budget, the American Rescue Plan, the council passed those, so that's a good thing. So we're really now getting to a spot in the next six months where we'll have all these positions filled. So what is it, uh, Dondre, you would say to our public about where they are and how they should think about GVI and how they should measure us? As far as how they should think about GVI, it's, as you said earlier, it's one component of uh, the pillars that you have established to addressing public safety. Uh, GVI isn't the end-all be-all, but it is a part of it. And we have great partners in LMPD, uh, in Ocean. Their work is going to be important because the services I mentioned earlier, a lot of the services that touch that they'll get will be through the Office of Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods. They're the outreach portion. They do the follow-up. Uh, they're also, one of the things that they asked for in funding was the uh, crisis response to gun violence. And so that's having a victim support multidisciplinary team that will be different partners coming together, uh, talking about homicides or gun, gunshots, uh, victims, things like that, and really making a coordinated response for services that are needed. Uh, I think that would be important just in general, but that's some GVI could be a part of as well. And so, you know, and as far as measuring our success, the biggest measure for GVI really is just a, re a reduction in gun violence and homicides. Uh, and we're working towards that. And I mean, we've done over 70 customs and we've only had two people recidivize. Uh, that's amazing. And, you know, we've been getting up and running, uh, we're getting funded, now we're there. 
we'll have a full year to really implement this um, this with you know no distractions uh, and we have a great team around us and so I think next year we'll be will be really effective and so you know that's what they can measure us by that's what they can expect uh, we have a great team here who's already putting in the work and will continue putting great work and officer Haygood, you're a police officer, obviously. Thank you for your service on that tough, tough job. Yes, sir. Uh, but what do you say to folks? I mean, they're saying, oh, look, officer, we've been doing this. Our sides are still going up. I mean, this stuff doesn't work. We just need more police officers. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that? We have to continue to be refreshed and by encouraging one another, um, by being supportive of one another, coming together and um, as a collective unit. We need community. We are community. Um, we need our faith-based le leaders to step up, right, and and continue to uh, collaborate with um, each other, and and let's go and save our city. And the success of GVI will be determined by our engagement with our community, by us getting out there, and that's what you will see. You will see us engaging with our community out of our cars, uh, individuals that have been victimized, uh, being um, talked to, engaged, and seeing, getting support, and then officers following up, multiple officers, uh, being able to have beat integrity and, and knowing what's going on on their beat. And that's because of communication, collaboration, and then us being aware that, hey, I have support. A lot of times the officers didn't feel we were supported. And so to know that the community is backing us and we're collaborating, we're linked arms together, I think that's encouraging enough yeah, going well, forward. Let's, let's close with that. I mean, here we're talking about we're all Metro government employees and we're colleagues and partners with each other. Uh, but without the community, this work's not going to get done. Right. It's just way too big for a police department or a city government. And as Officer Haygood said, we are government, citizens are. So we need your help. In this, we understand that we need to rebuild some of the police community trust in some of our neighborhoods. We get that. And so our actions are designed to demonstrate that we understand that. We're taking actions to build trust. We need you to tell us how we're doing so that we can fill any gaps out there as we work together to build a safer city. So Dondre Jefferson, Officer Ivan Haygood, thank you guys so much for your leadership with GVI and all aspects of our city. I look forward to seeing you on the streets and yes, in the rooms. And I thank everybody for joining the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast.